old school. I've got a, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of show and tell today too for, for, I got a lot of hockey stuff for you. Nice. I love so. it. Well, we are live everybody. Welcome to sports cards live after hours. We are joined by Scott Rogowski. This is the second blue check Mark Instagrammer in a row. We're breaking records tonight, Scott. I, I, about I think that. I think in the past I've had two people on the show that have the blue check mark on Instagram now tonight. And this is like 170 or so episodes in. And now tonight, back to back, blue check mark Instagram accounts. How did that happen? You, you don't want to know what I had to do to get that blue check. I, I had to I had to, I had to go uh, wakeboarding with Mark Zuckerberg to get that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go to one of his meat his meat parties, smoking meats with Zuck. <laughs> I think this is going to be that kind of show where you just had me laughing the whole time and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, listen, man, welcome to the show. It's, a, it, it's, it's great to have you. And um, I mean, hey, you're no, you're no stranger to, to live shows, you're no stranger to being on a stage and, and all that sort of thing. But uh, I first want to let everybody know how we kind of came in touch was at the National this past two months ago or so. Yeah, You were doing some... Uh, Actually, why don't you tell what, what were you doing? What kind of content were you doing at the national? I don't think you were quite sure what I was doing there, uh, and, and honestly, neither was I. Um, no, I, I was going around with Collectible, who's been uh, a great partner, I, I believe, of yours and, and, and of mine as well. They are. Uh, I go actually go back with Ezra Levine, the CEO. We went to high school together. We played in the baseball team together at Horace Mann School in, in the Bronx, New York. And this is a quick aside. You know, Ezra was a pretty good ball player. I, I was decent. I was captain my senior year. But there was a teammate of ours, better than both of us combined times a thousand. His name is Pedro Alvarez. Ended up being the second overall pick in the 2008 draft from Pittsburgh. He was a player of the year at, at Vanderbilt, rookie of the year SEC. I mean, this guy was one of the best talents to ever come through the college ranks and then into the major leagues. He actually led the league in home runs, uh, tying with Paul Goldschmidt one year and was an all-star in 2013. So that's my teammate. Ezra and I were teammates at Horace Man with him. And, and now Ezra, all these years later, is the CEO of Collectibles. So... I started working with those guys in the past year. A uh, The National was, let's, I'm trying to remember, we were going around asking people uh, trivia questions. No no, no mystery there why that happened. And we were cutting them up and for a little social video. So yeah, I spoke to you. I spoke to all sorts of people who were there, vendors and some of the celebrities, VIPs, Kevin Nagandi from SportsCenter. We met up with him. Um, just some, uh, you know, the, the, the PWCC people, the uh, PSA people. We just went to, to all the big names and tried to get as many many partners uh, involved in that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, re I remember it well. You came up to me. I had a little a little station there at the show and you came and you you I think you said like, we can do a couple different questions but you know what what would you prefer? Like I think you offered me like hockey or basketball. I said, "Well, hey, we should do hockey cuz I, I know my hockey." Yeah. And uh, you probably don't get a lot of hockey people here, so we did that and uh, that was fun and I said to you, "Well, hey, maybe you want to come on Sports Cards Live at some point." You graciously accepted. And here we I are. I begged you. I begged you, Jeremy. Let's be honest. I was begging you to get on the show. Come on. You got to get me in there. Please, please. What can I do? Just like I begged Zuckerberg. And it worked. You know, it, it works. Well, he warned me. He warned me about you. <laughs> so let, let's learn a little bit about you and the hobby, though, Scott, because you are you are a collector. You are a hobbyist. Take us back to the beginning of time. What's your earliest uh, sports card memory? Oh, my gosh. Well, honestly, my, my, my first sports card memory is getting my first pack of cards. It was like the uh, Holy Grail moment. Um, my uncle Morris of blessed memory, my great uncle, actually, he gave me a pack of 1989 tops baseball cards. Now I should say that wasn't the first time I'd seen cards because my dad had collected back in the fifties when he was growing up, 
and he's one of the few people whose parents did not throw away their cards. So he still has all of his old cards going back 1953s. He's got 53 tops. That's about as early as he had 53 tops, 54, 55 Koufax rookies, Clemente rookies. He had basketball, some football, some hockey, some, uh, boy, what was that? I remember he had some old, old, like 1950s, you know, Parkhurst cards, I think from, uh, from from the, you know, the, the pre helmet days, let's put it that way. And, uh, and boy, I mean, it was just such a thrill to discover these as a kid. And my dad got me into it. And then my uncle Morris got me that first pack of cards and I was hooked. You know, I got a box of 90 pro set football for my kindergarten graduation. And it's all I wanted. I mean, it's all I asked for cards, cards, cards. My dad would go on business trips. He would leave packs of cards around the house, little hiding spots. And, uh, I, I mean, what can I say? It's just the kind of thing that, you know, as, a as I've later been diagnosed with a little OCD, uh, that's a recent diagnosis, but it kind of makes sense because I was all about the ordering. You know, I loved just getting the cards, putting the sets together. And I think if you probably polled hobbyists out there, sports cards, I bet 95% of us are on that spectrum somewhere <laughs> because you it's just have to be, you have to be because it's, it's, it, but that's such a, it's, it's relaxing. I find it therapeutic and, you know, rent, you know, ordering the cards, not only ordering cards, but later on, I actually alphabetized all my cards from, you know, a hundred thousand baseball cards I got from, from, from Don Ace to uh, Mike Zwiecka. I got them all. <laughs> or I guess Hank, Hank, Hank Aaron's probably the first, you know, Hank, yeah, I don't, I don't have any original Hank Aaron's, but some of the reprints, you know, so yeah, so that's my, that, that box of pro set football, were you chasing the hologram back in those days? Were you familiar with the hologram? It in was pro the Super Bowl tro- I can't remember the name of the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, the trophy. trophy. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Someone let us know. What's that trophy called again? The, well, the, the Lombardi trophy. The Lombardi trophy. Thank you. Yeah. That was a huge chase card in the first set of uh, pro set football. That hologram, I think it was numbered to 10,000, was a needle in a haystack. It's crazy to think that back then, 10,000 was a needle in a haystack. And now 101s are, are, are plenty. 10,000. How about the Donruss elites? <laughs> those Donruss inserts that I used to chase all the time. I mean, those were impossible to hit. And those were also numbered at 10,000. It was like the first. They're probably th- those cards were the early, early numbered cards. So I was all about it, man. I, I, uh, you know, you know, the chase cards and, and, and you know, the hologram, upper decks holograms and all that. Yeah. I and mean, listen, I mean, honestly, as the hobbies progressed and, and it just got so crazy with the memorabilia and the autographs, it's sort of what, you know, for me, I kind of fell out when things got too crazy in the, in the, in the 2000s, 2010s. It just seemed like, you know, I couldn't keep track. Like I, I was a big Nomar Garcia paraffin. He was my number guy, number one guy. And I had 300-something Nomar cards. And, you know, he was a rookie in 95 Bowman. And he had, like, the Bowman and the foil and the gold foil. Okay, I can manage that. You know, 96, you get this. But then the, the best, the chromes, <laughs> it got to the point where, like, Tops Tech comes out, and you got to get all 50 for variations. It's like, what? I mean, you can't. It drove me nuts because I wanted them all. That was the one guy. I said, I'm going to get every single Nomar card that's ever made. And it just became an impossibility. So I, I, it frustrated me as, as a hobbyist and uh that's when I started to fall off, but but I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if you want to keep well, keep talking about no. the old days. Well, you know, it's funny because now we're we're right back there again now with Prism and all all the different parallels, right? People are having those same sorts of feelings now that you know how, how do you you can't even tell some of these apart, and you, if you want to chase them all, you're looking for sometimes 80 different parallels of a certain card. What are your thoughts on that? Are you keeping up with the, with these uh, modern day ultra modern cards these days? I'll be honest, I am not. I'm not. I, I I know that there's the rainbows. People chase the rainbows. I mean, I sort of am aware of what's going on, but personally, I'm not collecting it. I'm just ever a big fan of Panini. Uh, I understand that you know, 
look, it, it comes down to who was making the cards. I mean, tops lot they lost the football in the, in the basketball license. So Panini filled the void there. And if you want football or basketball, you got to get Panini. So, I mean, you know, it, it's a market thing. I mean, uh, and, and kids, kids today, like sound like such an old man, but kids today, they probably don't remember a time before. Oh, he's always been around. There's always been prisms, right? You know, so so I I understand from that perspective. But when you come up with tops and upper deck and the old school stuff, it's hard to uh, wrap my head around. Although you know, I did break. So on my car, on my show, Wild Cards, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, I did break 2021 uh, Chronicles draft and Prism draft from Panini's for football. And that Chronicles set, man, that's a lot of fun because you know they have Panini got of course the, they got the score and the Donruss. Uh, licenses, I guess, and the brand and the trademarks. So they're reprinting the throwbacks, the 89 score throwbacks, and even the 81 Donruss throwback designs. They're using those old designs on the new card. So I kind of like that yeah. uh, as, as a collector. But uh, but uh, most of the new stuff, you know, and then that's all the Spectras and the new, all, all the new things. I, I can't I can't get into it. But it's I, hard. I, I, I it's hard. It's hard. They're all, they're named after animals now. You know, you got zebra stripes, oh, right. tiger spots, and all these different things. Turtle shell might be next. Who knows? Plat- platypus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's all there's all these different uh, all these different names come. They're they're very creative when they come up with it, and even the patterns. But uh, there's a there's definitely definitely a lot there. Um, let's just say hello to the people. We have some people with us in the crowd. We got James Mann. Good evening, James. Says I need some more quiz daddy in my life. There we go. Well, you can Troy. get some, James. You can get some on Wild Cards, baby. Watch my new show. Troy, great to have you. Paul Buxton, what's up, Scott? Thanks for signing your Allen and Ginter card for me through the mail. Very there nice. You, hey, Paul. Yeah, that's Sam, right, what Paul. Is up? Eric, I hear he says I am with you about Panini. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you talk, it's funny. You just mentioned that uh, Tops lost baseball and football. They lost hockey, too. Now they're about to lose – or they lost football, basketball. Now they lost, ho- lost hockey, too. Uh, and they're about to lose baseball. What What are your thoughts on this big news from Fanatics that they're taking all these licenses? And like, how does that make you feel about the future of the hobby? You know, this is this is tough. I, it, it's it's it sounds monopolistic, honestly. And you know, without competition, I don't know what it's going to look like. And you know, they can get lazy with it. They could obviously jack prices up, and no one's going to bat an eye. I mean, no one could. No one's no one's competing. The nature of competition, you know, in the marketplace brings prices down it brings variation innovation so you know it's uh frankly i mean i i don't know if there might be some antitrust thing going on here because if, if they have the exclusive licenses for these things and no one else can get in i guess you you know can you get away with that no i mean you really can't if they have the the players license and the league licenses because panini of course was doing the baseball without the league yeah so you see the airbrushed you know clayton kershaw los angeles nl yeah. <laughs> no mention of the dodgers no but but i don't think I don't think com- competitors can even do that anymore because they have all the licenses across the board. So, listen, they're what ten billion dollar valuation now. I just saw. I mean, it's it's a huge swing. It's a it's yeah. it's a little disheartening to be honest. I, I think they're going to have to buy tops. Frankly, they're just have to buy tops and 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 use the tops licenses and use the tops factories unless they want to go out and build their own card factories and designers. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of costs here, but look, they raise all that money. I guess they can afford it. Yeah, you think know. so. No, you think so. Listen, you've, you've been doing content, you're a stand-up comedian, all this stuff for a while. Tell us a little bit about, uh, before we get into what you're doing now with Wild Cards to just lead up to that, tell us a bit about your history in uh, as, as far as show business and content goes. Yeah, sure. So uh, let's see. I mean, I, I, I did stand-up for the first time in college in 2005, and I sort of, you know, it's the classic story. I caught the bug. Uh, I, I kind of got that rush of being on stage and getting the laughter and 
you know, getting some girls talking to me. That was nice too. And then uh, I, I moved to New York City after for college time. for the first time. For the first time. No, I'm not gonna lie. Moved to college. Uh, I moved that moved, moved to the city after college and um, started doing the stand up open mic thing there. And actually started a sports talk show in 2008 called 12 Angry Mascots. So I've always been had sports on the mind. I realized, you know, being a stand-up comedian in New York in the in that time, not a lot of sports fans. You, you got I went to a lot of these clubs downtown, not even clubs, bars, back rooms, sort of unlicensed shows. It was the alt scene. They called it the downtown alt scene below 14th Street in Brooklyn. And these are kind of hipsters, you know, they're not not really sports fans, right? No, not not rah-rah kind of guys, but uh but I was a sports fan, and I found some people who were like-minded, and I started my own showcase for sports comedy. We did sketches, stand-up. We made videos. We had interviews with athletes. I had Darrell Rivas and David Deal and Chris Duhon and Kenny Mayne from ESPN. And, you know, just you know, sports personalities and athletes would come on the show. Uh, and I, I interviewed them. We did it for three years. Pitched it to Comedy Central. They weren't interested. So I said, all right, you know, after three years, I'm going to put the sports comedy aside, and I started my own Another show called Running Late with Scott Rogowski, which I did for about, geez, about eight years. Uh, took it to L.A. and Boston, traveled around with it. Montreal, just for laughs. Shout out Canada. And, uh, and juste pour rire, if you want to go speak, speak the native language there. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that show ended in about 2019. And, and then the pandemic came along. I haven't really done much live comedy since. So I've been sort of transitioning to, you know, this remote world and all this digital uh, uh, content. And... Uh, yeah, this is where I am now. But but yeah, I, I wanted to say this just so I can get a little street cred here. My my very first YouTube video was 2009 January, so I go I go back, and that was a sports video. It was, it was a show, a video called Super Bowl Writers Room. It was about the Super Bowl that year. The premise was that the Super Bowl was totally written. They had a writers room. It was all it was all just contrived, and you know all the storylines and the plots and the season. You know, the, like the whole NFL season was basically contrived. And, and there were some rumors that Goodell was maybe pulling strings back then, uh, you know, of course, being the Goodell. So that was the video, and it was great. And it got 200,000 views overnight. And I said, holy crap, I went viral, my very first video. The next one got about 200 views. So I learned a good lesson that, uh, you know, you, 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 get, you go viral, but you can go right back down again. <laughs> and did you continue with that channel, with that line of, uh, of content? Yeah, 12 Angry Mascots. We did a bunch of shows. We actually, from that first video, it, it, it got us a deal with ESPN.com. We were doing a weekly videos for them the next football season, all about NFL. It was called NFL Writers Room. We did a whole web series for the season. And then we moved to Comedy Central's website. They paid for our Super Bowl videos the next two years. We did Super Bowl videos. And then we had an overall deal with them. We did about 10 different videos, all sports-related. Had some athletes, Chris, Christopher Higgins, former Rangers, Canadiens, uh, hockey player. He was on, he was in one of our videos. Um, you know, we tried to incorporate athletes when we could, but, uh, it was tough, you know, being in New York, not a lot of guys live in the city, even if they play in the city, they sort of live in the suburbs somewhere. And, and then of course the off season, they go back to wherever they are. So it was always hard to book athletes on the show, but we, we tried our best. So talk a bit about HQ trivia. Cause is, my understanding is that that's what you are best known for. I say my understanding because I, I'm, I never got it up here in Canada, but, uh, talk about that a little bit, Scott. Yeah, HQ Trivia was uh, it's where I got the Quiz Daddy name that some people are, are saying in the chat there. It was a uh, live interactive trivia show on your phone. It was on an app called HQ, and you know we went live every day, every night, actually twice a day uh, for about twenty minutes, and you could win money. We were giving out, you know, it started with fifty dollars, ended up giving out five thousand dollars, even gave out a hundred thousand dollars once. So as the game grew, we gave out more money. We had celebrity guests. I did the show with The Rock. And Danny DeVito and John Mayer and Kevin Hart and Ice Cube and Mark Cuban and Aquafina and Christy Yamaguchi and all sorts of people came on the show. Gordon Ramsay, that was a fun one. Um, 
So it really became a you know a huge huge thing that it's really it's why I got the blue check mark, Jeremy. That's that's the real reason because that show got so big and I got into that celebrity status and then um and then it went crashing down again. So it's again another one of those stories of virality. Yeah. It's hard to ride that viral wave. But you're you're really well known for that. Like you know when I've talked to people, people know you from that. How many people used to watch that show? Or, or, I mean, or tune in so, on their apps. So we had, you know, we had at our peak, it, it gave the view count on the top of the screen there, right? But it gave the view count of the devices connected, like how many phones or laptops or, 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 or iPads were open. The peak was 2.4 million connected devices concurrently at the same time, not just over the course of the episode, at the same time. And if you figure the Nielsen, we actually had Nielsen ratings, you know, the Nielsen people come in and do a little study. They gave us a multiplier. They said, well, just like if you watch TV at home, it's not just you. It could be you and your family. It could be 10 people watching TV. Well, there could very well be, you know, three or four people crowded around one phone playing the game. So they estimated that we probably had about five to six million, actually, uh, people watching at the same time. So it, it was an international phenomenon. I mean, it actually did get up to Canada in some parts. I had some, a lot of Toronto fans. Israel, Australia, UK, India. I mean, it was, it, it was it was worldwide. It was wild. Do you get recognized just in public now for that show? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, not, you know, with the masks on, not so much lately. <laughs> and then, you know, the uh, the pandemic sort of uh, kind of put a kibosh on the recognition factor, but I didn't mind it. Um, it. It got a little crazy in the heyday. I mean, I felt there are some days when you feel like Justin Bieber, you know, walk, just trying to walk to the office in Soho and everyone wants a photo, wants a photo. It's like, but uh, look, uh, I was grateful for it, grateful to have the fans. And it was it was a short burst of time. So I was it wasn't like I, you know, it was basically about six months of, of concentrated fandom and, 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 and mania around yeah. this thing. And then and then it died out. I'm glad you just clarified that you're not Justin Bieber. I wasn't sure who I was with here right no, now. I know crap. we got we got the Biebs here with us. I mean, he's a Canadian uh, hero right up, up here. You know, I don't know if hero is the word, but he's definitely uh, an international superstar. <laughs> definitely a Canadian. He's definitely a Canadian. So Matt Jones wants to know what happened to uh, to the HQ trivia. Well, it's a sad story, Matt. Um, you know, there are a lot of things going on behind the scenes between our two. We had two founders, and I don't know if you're familiar with any tech startup world, but it doesn't always go well, especially with two two different personalities. And they were sort of fighting with each other. And 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 one got kicked out as CEO. They brought the other guy in. And then the new CEO actually died of a, a drug overdose. It's a crazy story. There's actually an eight-part podcast on the Ringer Network all about it. And there's going to be a documentary coming out. And someone wants to write a feature film about it. I mean, it, it really is a lot of drama and, and tragedy. But uh, it was a combination of all those factors just... Um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? It was sort of out of my hands, but uh, but just uh, didn't have the right people in charge. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear, but it sounds like if there's ever a, ma a movie made for it, you can play yourself. I could, but I probably won't. I'm not much of an actor, all things considered. I, I've auditioned for many things, and I don't get any of them. The only thing I got was HQ, uh, yeah. because I didn't have to act. I can just be myself. I'm, I'm good at being myself, but uh, playing Where's myself it? on screen, that's another layer of, of meta act. I, I, I don't know if I can do it. Too self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we get to what you are up to now, because so you, and a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a teaser, if you will, um, you did get back into the hobby kind of yeah. within the last little bit. And breaking is what brought you back into the hobby. You stumbled upon some group breaks. We'll get you to tell that story and lead into yeah. the wild cards, what it is before. Let's just say hello to overtime grading. Good evening. Joe Perot says props to Horace Mann School. Amazing tradition and pioneering independent school. And the education shows up nicely. Welcome, sounds, Scott. Thanks, sounds Joe. Like, sounds like Joe might be an alum. <laughs> might be. Might be. 
Anthony George says, damn, I knew you were starting this early too. Oh, well, I will go back and see what I missed. Yeah, had early start tonight, everybody. Early double start. dose, double dose. That's right. Double dose of the blue check mark tonight. That's right. The blue pill. Paul Buxton says, bird's nest soup. Is that what, What's that in that's, reference to? So that's one of the memes, one of the many memes that, that grew out of HQ. There was a, a famous question. It's probably the most, what, what, when the majority, the gross majority of the game would get a question wrong, I would say, a savage question. I called it a savage question and it became sort of a running thing. This was the most savage question ever asked on HQ because 1.7 million people got it wrong and about 300,000 got it right. It was, uh, the question was, uh, what is the primary ingredient in the Asian delicacy bird's nest soup? Do you know, Jeremy? Eggs. Uh, that was even one of the, uh, the, 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 the answers were shredded cabbage noodles or bird's nests? And the answer was bird's nests. It's actual bird's nests that they harvest and melt them down. It's like saliva. I, I don't even know. I, I never tried it. It doesn't sound appealing at all. But bird's nest soup is primarily made from bird's nests. Go figure. It was the most savage question. Paul, did you get it right? I don't know. It's Most right people didn't. There in the name, I had it right in front of me, and I guessed. Yeah. And I guessed eggs. It's one of those trick questions. What color was George Washington's white horse? Oh, tough question. Tough, tough question. question. Very tough. The one the answer is in the question itself. We got to be sharp. You got to be sharp. Hello, Barbara. Welcome to the show. So, okay. So, talk about uh, kind of getting back into the hobby and and uh, I guess being in, reintroduced through breaks. How did that all happen? Yeah, I mean, I'd sort of been aware of breaks. A buddy of mine did one years ago, and and uh, when Joey Gallo was a rookie, he actually got a Joey Gallo, you know, rookie. I remember, but. Uh, I, I'd sort of been aware of it. I, I you know, personally, I, I like to go into the card shops and buy packs and open them. You know, I, I didn't get the whole, I'm not even a big internet guy. It's hard to believe people think, oh, you did HQ, you know, but I, I didn't have, I wasn't even on Instagram when I started HQ. I barely use social media. I didn't have a lot of apps. I was late to the iPhone. I was just late to all of this stuff. And I just, the digital thing, it didn't, didn't really appeal. But uh, then of course, pandemic comes along, all the card shops are closed and you have to do it online. There's really no other way. So I started watching these shows. I actually participated in one baseball break with for like a top's inception this year. I paid $125 for the spot. I got the Royals. I said, well, this is great. It's over before it even starts. I mean, that's I, I couldn't stand it. But the truth is I actually pulled a Brady Singer autograph card, which I flipped on eBay for 50 bucks just last week. So I say flipped. I still lost $75, all things told. But uh but that experience kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't like these team breaks, these divisionals. I think, like you said, if you get a bad team, it's over before it starts. So so I started doing my own breaks with just full packs. Just get the pack. You open the pack, you get all the cards. You right. know what I mean? It, it's just a more fun way to do it. And I actually developed a game around it called Break Boss, where now I'm assigning points to different cards. So if you hit a Derek Jeter rookie, it's 50 points. If you hit you know, a, a Carl Everett rookie, you know, it's 40 points. You know, it's not as much. Mike Lieberthal maybe gets you 30 points. Yeah, you know, so I sort of assign points to these things, and the person who gets the most points wins prizes. So I've started doing that. And my latest thing now is, is a show on this app called Network, N-T-W-R-K, and that's where I started Wildcards just a few weeks ago. Uh, we go live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we're going live this Tuesday night with uh, Hockey Night. It's, it's opening night for NHL. I got Adnan Verk uh, guesting. <laughs> uh, on the show, a little uh, uh, another Canadian sports legend, Adnan Verk, my old colleague at uh, MLB and NHL. So he's going to come on the show remotely, and we're going to rip 1990-91 cards looking for all the classics. Because, Jeremy, you and I were talking the other day. 
these 1990-91 rookie classes, some of the best ever in the NHL. I mean, you know what? You're 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 100% right. You are you are just chock filled with Hall of Famers and superstars in those the first two years of of uh, of upper deck and that score set right and, and there. And score. This score set is my favorite set of cards ever because this right here. I mean, you, you well, this this Yager. I mean, just a photo of this of the Yager with the high hat on the hair is is unbelievable. These draft picks, but you know this, Jeremy. This is the only true Martin Brodeur rookie card from 1990-91. They didn't make true any story. other. There's no other Brodeur card, and he's one of the. I don't know. What's your opinion? Greatest top yeah, top five goaltenders I mean, all time. Hundred between him, Patrick Waugh. I'm a big fan of Dominic Hasek as as like the all time like best. Who's but, in the ninety one rookie rookie set? Yeah, that's right. But I mean, you you cannot go wrong in those two. The only problem with those two years, as most people know, is that it's from the junk wax era, the height of it. So they're mass mass produced. But it's funny you pull out that sco- those scorecards, and you've got Jagger, who's in also a PG Premier and Upper Deck. But he's got that that funny card. It's a hilarious looking card. Right I mean, there. He, but, he's like but, seventeen years old. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He looks like a child. That that Marty Brodeur card, yeah, that is Brodeur's only only rookie card. He is the winningest goaltender in NHL history. So he's an he's on all time great for your New Jersey Devils. That's right. Repping, rep we'll be we'll be selling vintage uh, uh, jerseys and uh, and shirts. I got a Stevie Y here from the nineties. So the the, the, the nice. show is basically you know you like this one too. 92-93, Pierre Turgeon, Isles. <laughs> a good friend of mine is, is one of the biggest uh, Turgeon fans out there, actually. Really? So, Let's get, yeah, like he's going to want – these are original jerseys. This one might be a, a later reprint, but the Ruzioni Team USA. Yeah. Uh, I got some good stuff. And, the, and, and, and another, great, another great Canadian, Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah, he he was a good player. He kind of had an, an, an unceremonious sort of a wind down to his career, but uh, – he was definitely a, a a very a very good power forward. There you go. Here we go first upper deck hockey box ever. That's it right there. Yep, we're doing so. I'm doing four packs. The way I do it, the, 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 what, what makes the show special, Jeremy, is I custom curate collections of packs. So I present on a theme, and it's tied to a date, historical anniversaries, this day in history, you know, birthdays. So Tuesday night is the start of the NHL season. Of course, we're doing a little look back thirty years, but uh, on the fourteenth. October 14th, the uh, the Pats, oh no, the Bucks are playing Thursday night football, Tom Brady. So we're doing Tom Brady rookie boxes, rookie chases with Gronkowski rookie chases. And, you know, NBA opening night, I believe, is October 19th. So we're doing NBA cards. I mean, I, I sort of tie it to the to the date and we'll do four packs. You'll, you'll get a they're dropped in limited quantities, too. So I know they're overproduced, but we sort of scarce make them scarce by just doing limited drops. You get them. They're sold out. We rip them live or you can get them shipped home. We're doing four packs of the upper deck. We got the pro set. We got the scores. We got Bowman. So I got I got all my you know I got all my boxes are ready to go, ready to rip. And then we'll do some 91s too. And I give away. I'm doing giveaways. There's lots of I'm giving away Yagers, giving away Bro Doors. We'll give away the young superstars, the the traded and rookie set with the Yager oh, rookies in there. It's a lot of fun, man. It's it's a great show. It's it's a free thing to download, network. It's just fun to watch it. And uh, of course, you can buy the cards and participate as well. How about this one? 89, 90 tops. You know who's in here? Joe Sackick, rookie. Yeah. Brian Leach and Sackick. Yeah. So uh, Kirk McLean and Trevor Linden as well. Let's not sleep on them. Don't but, sleep on uh, them. But I'll be giving away lots of cards. I got. I have this early Gretzky I got here that I'm I'm, give, I'm giving away. 79, 80 assist leaders. Yeah, that that's from the 80, 81 set, I believe. But yeah, 79, yeah. 80 stats. Yeah. Right. Right. 80, 80 uh, 85. 
84, tops five, here. 84, 85. That's like hold that higher. That's is that the is that just the yeah, that's a great that's card. That's a base card from the Iserman rookie year. Yeah, beautiful set. Yari Curry rookie. Yeah, yeah, 81, 82. I got an 85 all star Gretzky as well. So, I mean, look, we're giving we're giving these away, we're having fun. And uh, I asked trivia, of course, you bring trivia onto the show. I got to do trivia everywhere I go now, Jeremy. I got to do trivia, it's just part of part of the deal. <laughs> You're pigeonholed now, man. Right? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. What can you do? So, are you so this this uh, the show you're doing wild cards on the network app? Most break most breaker uh, platforms and channels, and you know whether it's Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is. Um, most of the time, you're looking at hands. You're looking at people with their hands opening the packs. What's different about what you're doing? I appreciate you bringing that up because that is another reason why uh, I love to do the show with network specifically. I kind of sort of shopped around. I saw the hobby. A lot of a lot of apps out there doing breaks, but no one was doing a, a really TV quality production at the level of network. I walked into their office right here in Hollywood, LA, and they've got five different studio spaces. They got 30 people working on the content side, can, can, multiple cameras, a whole you know, director and live producer, graphics department, animations. And it, it's a well-oiled machine. I can go right in there, set up my cards. They got a set decorator, creative director. So there's all these people. All these people helping out. And yes, it's it's not just hands. It's four cameras. You got the straightaway shot. You got close-ups when I have guests come in the studio. You got someone uh, panning the cards on the products on the table, the product shot. You got the overhead camera, of course, for the cards because the cards are still the star of the show. So you got to get the nice tight shot of the cards. But we can split screen my hands with the cards and a full shot of me in the studio. So it, it, it's 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 the pro, pro audio, pro video, just pro all around um couldn't ask for a better place to be doing this type of show because that's what i'm used to you know i come from i understand that the lot most people out there breakers they've never been on tv they never had a a show somewhere i have i mean i've been doing doing entertainment for 12 13 years so i'm kind of used to a bit of a level a level of production and i think frankly if viewers you know watch the show they'll go oh yeah that's nice to actually see pro quality here because yeah. people get used to, people get used to the crappy quality stuff you know if you if you just see hands all day it's like well that's it. It's just hands. But no, it could be more than hands, Jeremy. That's what I'm here, here to say. It could be more than hands, guys. That's that's your takeaway right yeah. there. Well, uh, Hockey Guy says, hope, see, hope you get the hologram in that box of pro set. Skeppy says, don't forget Paul Korea. But Paul Korea's rookie year, I think, was the 93-94. Was it 2-3? Yeah. No, it was the 3-4 set. Yeah. Very underappreciated card, I would say. I can't forget Korea because I wrote him a letter. I used to do a lot of through-the-mail autographs, just like people are now doing to me on the Ginter, which blows my mind. But that's what I did. I've sent probably a thousand letters to athletes over the years, and Paul Korea was one of them. And he signed my Mighty Ducks card there, man. I got it in my collection. He was and I always judge people based on, you know, are they gonna sign the card and send it back? If they are, they're they're a good guy in my book. You right. know, some, sometimes they get the auto pen. You can tell they didn't actually sign it. Sometimes they'll send you a postcard. Says, thanks for thanks for writing me. Send me twenty five dollars, and I'll sign your card. F those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 thanks. No, yeah. thanks, no thanks. I love that. I love that ninety three four set of upper deck hockey. It had the Saku Koivu rookie as well. He's a great player. Some uh, Matt Jones asking. So, what is the app called? It's called Network. It's it's. I'll just show it to you. It's that. It's that one right. What? Where'd it go? You lost it. And that one right there under my finger, that kind of bluish purple one. It's called NTWRK. So the word network without any of the vowels. That's what it is called. So you guys right. can, can check that out. Yeah, here we go. He says, and I it, found it. That is the one. 
And, and, and if you guys, yeah, I have the scroll on the bottom there. Wild Cards uh, on Instagram is, is the page. So, of course, if you check the page on Instagram, we post the links to the show. We can give you dedicated links to the actual show so you don't have to go searching for it in the app. The link changes every, every show. But go to, go to at Watch Wild Cards on Instagram. That's a good way to stay up on the show. We post the big hits. And we've hit a lot of big cards. When we did a Kevin Durant break for his birthday, hit three Durant rookies. We did uh, a Pat Mahomes break for his birthday. Or actually, that wasn't his birthday. That was more of a celebration of his setting the record in 2018 for most touchdowns through two games. But hit Mahomes, hit Canseco rookies on the anniversary of his 40-40, hit Griffey rookies on the anniversary of the day that him and his dad went back-to-back off Kirk McCaskill, another Canadian who actually got drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. Did you know that? Yes, of course. Kirk McCaskill. So, nice. uh, yeah. By the way, I texted Kirk. I got his number from another player that I knew. I said, hey, do you want to come on the show and, uh, you know, maybe uh, share your memories of the day you gave up back-to-back home runs to Griffey Jr. and Sr.? No, no, text, no text back from Kirk. So, can you, so, Scott, can you bring in people remotely or do they, need, they don't need to be in the studio physically with you? You can do it uh, from someone's phone just, or? Just like we're doing here. We, yeah, we, 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 we could bring people remotely. We had Harold Reynolds. We actually ended up getting Harold Reynolds for that show, a teammate of the Griffey's instead of McCaskill. Uh, but no, we've had, uh, yeah, we've had guests in studio. We had Gar Ryan Ness, the batting stance guy for the Conseco break. I mean, he does all those crazy batting stances. And we're I, having, have, I watched that episode. I saw that one that you did. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a fun one. He knew he knows his stuff, man. Uh, yeah. But Ad, Adnan on Tuesday, I'm excited because Adnan's been a friend of mine for a couple of years now. We, we did the show on uh, MLB Network called Change Up. And uh, he's still over there working for MLB and NHL Network. So. Um, trying to trying to get more guests, trying to get more athletes. Still hard to book athletes, but yeah, we're, we're going for it. Well, I, I will say I did watch that one, your Jose Canseco episode, and uh, the production quality is is really good. Like you, you know, it, it's nice to see. It's a little, it's a it, it's a little home shopping network ish. Would yes. you like what, yeah. what what do you what do you what if anything are you trying to do to kind of set it apart? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think just by the very fact that it's on the your phone, it's it's an app. You know, these are things that Home Shopping Network, you know, that they're just on the TV sitting around somewhere. But look, Home Shopping Network, you can knock it if you want. Things have been around for 30, 40 years now. Yeah. And, you know, no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's sort of and they don't shy away from it, too. They say we're sort of the QVC for the Gen Z generation, the, the, the phone generation. So I would, you know, not that not that like the the, the, the height of show business is being a pitch man, but uh I don't look at it as that so much. I kind of look at it as, as this is a chance for me to share my knowledge, my passion, my love for the hobby, uh, you know, have some fun with it. I mean, sell some cards, break some cards, chase some rookies. You figure people are breaking anyway. You may as well give them a good show. You know, yeah. like I said, it comes back to the entertainment value that I think we offer that sets us apart. And uh, of course, you probably remember Don West, the great Don West. Of who used course. to pitch. So so I'm, I'm Don Ye West. I'm the new Don West. If I could be the, the, the millennial Don West, I'll consider that a, a lifelong dream come true because I loved watching it. Don West. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Overtime grading corrects me. The Paul career rookie year is 92-93. So that means that 93-94 was that kind of more boring year with uh, the Chris Osgood rookie, I think. That would be right. Right, right Rob? Osgood came earlier, I thought. I thought. I think Osgood is 93. Korea, Koivu, 92. 91 is Filled with with uh, with with Hall of Famer Solani, Lidstrom, Forsberg, Hasek, and then of course 1991. As you and I were were just kind of rattling them off a few days ago, you're just filled with with Hall of Famers. It's a, it's an unbelievable crop. So Jeremy, you're a you, you know you're, you're you're a Canadian, a proud Canadian, and a, and a hockey guy. So hockey, you know, I knew it early on, but I I sort of fell off, and I never really uh, really you know the, the history of hockey. I, I know a little bit, but 
like someone like Nicholas Lidstrom, mm-hmm. you know, when like you, you think about his career, like is he just the greatest defenseman of all time? He's, I mean, he's he's got to be up there with the greatest of all time. I mean, who's Ray Bork, Paul Coffey, Nicholas Lidstrom, and then if you want to go back, you've got you know Bobby Orr, Doug Harvey, you know, a few more, but Brad but that's, Park. That's the thing, like Bobby Orr, you know, he, he's one of those guys, like Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, but. I, I struggled. It's always the the, rel, the, the uh, you know the relativity of it all, right? Because we grew up watching these guys, and I didn't see Bobby Orr. I don't know if you did, but but uh, you know I look at these guys that I watched. It's like did, were the '90s the greatest decade yeah. for for all these sports for all these guys? But it but, kind of feels but, that way, but is that just our bias? Is that just our bias though? That's my point. You know? It might it might be, but the '90s like there were just there were so many superstars that played in the '80s and the '90s, and then the 2000s was was very was quite slow. You know, now it's picked back up, but the eighties and nineties, I think were probably the, the golden era of, of, of just superstar hockey players. We, we were spoiled back then. Yeah. Yeah. Truly yeah. spoiled. No, so. I mean, that's absolutely Chris Pronger, by the way, he's another rookie in that 92, 93 set. I'm, I'm seeing here with, with Korea. That's right. Yeah, of but, course. Another big one, Scott Niedermeyer. He's in 90, 91, another yeah. top of the line. Like the, he's one the of the high best. series. Yeah, Hi, Niedermeyer with Bure. So Niedermeyer, the reason I'm, I'm wearing this Devils jersey is it's not it's not a Niedermeyer jersey, but my name's Scott. My good friend growing up was was a uh, uh, Aaron Niedermeyer, Aaron and Seth Niedermeyer. So it was like Scott Niedermeyer. We sort of had we sort of used to play you know play street hockey and stuff. And I Scott Niedermeyer was my guy. So uh, no, I, lo- I loved him on the Devils. He was a great player. He's got. I think he won cups with the the Devils and Anaheim Mighty Ducks. I mean, he's he was no slouch at all. Yeah, Hall he's... of Famer for sure. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, Skeppy says, "How how did we not mention Jeremy Roenick yet? One of my favorite players. Again, somebody we 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 haven't listed all the ninety ninety one players, but we you, could. You want <laughs> me to? Because I just spent the whole day putting this together. Here you go. You you, no. you want it? We're Let's gonna do it. it. We're gonna do it for uh, for for Skeppy Productions here. So 1990-91, these are the key rookies that you can look for in the break on Tuesday night on wild cards. You got, and I ranked them in sort of the order, maybe, maybe, maybe I tried to just kind of ordering, but I don't know. Yammer Yager, Martin Brodeur, Eric Lindros, didn't mention Lindros, Mike oh, yeah. Madano, didn't mention Madano, Eddie Belfour, Sergei Markov, Igor Larionov, <laughs> Igor Larionov, Vyakslav Fetisov, Mark Recchi, <laughs> Matt Sundin, Rob Blake, all Hall of Famers. Jeremy Roenick, Owen Nolan, Alexander Mogilny, Kevin Stevens, Darian Hatcher, Rod Brindamore, Cujo, Matthew Schneider, Jewish Hall of Famer, Adam <laughs> Graves, Mike Richter, Mike Ritchie, Peter Nedved, Keith Primo, Teppo Newman, another one of your, Teppo. your, your, your guys there. So yeah. those are all rookies. I would call those key rookies, stars and Hall of Famers in the 90-91. 91-92, you're looking at Forsberg, Lidstrom, Hasha, because we said Timu, John LeClaire, great player. Yeah. Keith Kachuk, he's got that rookie in the high series upper deck, like one of the world junior cards. That's Tony, right. Tony Amante, Alexei Kovalev, Vlad, Vladimir Konstantinov, who, you know, yeah. tragic, tragic Bad, story there. But uh, story. but uh, great player and would have, you know, maybe been a Hall of Famer had he continued there. Alexei Yashin, Sandy uh, uh, Ozelinch, he's in there. Yeah. Um, Dougie Waite, Doug uh, uh, Vyakslav Kozlov, Ziggy Palfi, Glenn Murray, Brian Ralston. So, you know, not, not as many, but but – but some 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 big but guys a, there too. A great a great rookie crop that year as well for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, hockey guy says 91-92 has the goat Ziggy, Ziggy Palfi. That's right. Yeah, we, we didn't even mention Peter Bondra and Michael Pavanka from the Washington Capitals before uh, Ovechkin was a thing. The Caps not giving a lot of love to the Caps. How about Bob Cessna? They, they do not. Bob Essenza? 
Bob Essence. Bob Essence, the, the uh, Winnipeg Jets goaltender. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in there. In, he's in the 1991s as well. It, it, it's actually pretty crazy just how how many great players there are. And, and Kevin Stevens, people forget about him. I mean, he won Stanley Cups on the top yeah, line. Two-time All-Star. With yeah. Mario and Yager, with Lemieux and Yager. Yeah, he was he was a great player back then, for sure. Let's see, a couple comments here. Uh, James Fertitta says, uh, Pavel Bury was unstoppable in video games, for sure. And uh, Hockey Guy 2000s had less stars due to clutch and grab hockey. Yes, no, maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know what it was due to. If Is it just the skill level that was coming in, or was it the style of hockey? But the goals in the 80s and 90s was uh, were just so much more plentiful than in the 2000s and even now I, that could be bigger goaltender equipment you know smaller nets bigger players all these things there's been a lot of changes what do you think yeah i mean look i like i said i sort of fell off on my hockey fandom into the 2000s but that might be part of it right my, the reason reason might have been i just wasn't as as, as grabbed by uh the, the 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 caliber of players in in that decade um yeah i don't know maybe it was the uh the the flaming puck that they tried right. on TV. Maybe, 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 maybe that's what it was. No, I, I don't know. Because it's not like, you know, when, whenever you have a crop of superstars like that, you think it inspires generations to play more hockey. Um, so maybe it's just a matter of waiting for that wave, right? And so, you know, the kids who grew up watching all these great players we just talked about, that now there's the Crosbys, the Ovechkins. They enter the league a little later. And now we're seeing them, you know, the multiply again. But, um, yeah. but no, it's interesting. Well, it's cyclical. Troy makes this comment a little, oh, sorry, uh, this one here. Troy says, you're speaking of a lot of Red Wing players. Yeah, because the Red Wings were a power. If you remember, if you go back in times, the Red Wings were the bottom of the barrel in the NHL until they drafted Steve Eisenman first overall, and then they slowly converted into what became a perennial, uh, you know, cup contender and winning their cups. And I believe it was, uh, did they win in, 94, early, 94. mid 90s. I forget the year because the Penguins won 91, 92. The Red Wings were not that far after. 93, 94, I think, right? Yeah. Well, no, 94, 94 was the Rangers. 95 was the Devils. Right. But I think I think I guess they came back. 96 was the Avalanche. 97 was uh was I don't remember. I can't remember. It, it, it might have been the Red Wings coming back in, but no. But the, the the five Russians documentary. You watch that documentary. Incredible. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing that the, that the Red Wings could do. They could they could have the ice they could have the ice filled with five, you know you have five the skaters five. at a time. There were yeah they had five Russians on at a time. Here we go, Jeff McMahon, ninety seven, ninety eight, oh two and oh eight. Yeah, so you got Fedorov, Makarov, and and uh, Fedorov, Makarov, and uh, not Fatisov, um, Larionov, Larionov, and then on the blue line you had you had Konstantinov and Fedosov. Yeah, all these Russian like Russian legends, the Slavas, the Slavas, exactly. It was so Sergey Fe- Sergey Fedorov has a rookie in um, it's 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 the nineteen ninety. Yeah, he's in the ninety Young Guns upper deck, right? So he's in he's the the first year of Young Guns with Pavel Bure. Yes, yeah, yeah he does. Card I got I got I got twenty five. I somehow can remember that. Yeah, so he's in the high. That's the high series though. The like, high series. That. Yeah, not in the yeah. box you have, but they did. So I don't know if you can see that. That's a box right where the top of my pen. That's a box in 1991 upper deck that has the high numbers in it. The box you have, I right. believe, doesn't have the high numbers. The high numbers it. is Fedorov and Bure that, that the regular yeah, box doesn't. Yeah, like numbers 401 to 550 in the set is the right. high numbers. But uh, I love this. I love talking about this stuff, man. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, you know, it, it's about the nostalgia. It's about teaching the young kids who didn't watch these guys, who, who didn't collect these cards. It's what's crazy is that, you know, I'm breaking cards. 
I even sp spoke to this, uh, my, my new boss at this other show I do, this, this podcast called Business Casual for a company called Morning Brew. I have two, two gigs right now. This dude's 26 years old, CEO of this $75 million company. 26, he's getting to cards. I said, hey, you want to bre break a box? I had 2001 Bowman football, you know, Drew Brees, Michael Vick rookies. He's like, oh, man, this is, this is old school, 2001. I said, 2001? I mean, come on, it's just old school. I guess he was three years old or something, four years yeah. old. But, but man, it's it's scary. It's scary when you think about it because they don't – to them, and I'm thinking about how do I match it to my age? When I was in 1989, I guess if a you know a 1960s cards were – holy crap, I couldn't believe how old that might have been. But my dad would have been. What are you talking about? This is this is my these are my cards. I grew up with these, so it's the same it, thing. That, but that that's a fun perspective because that's exactly the way I think. I mean, I grew up collecting in the in the eighties. That was my my first introduction to cards. Was really the big, all through the eighties. I collected the sets every year, and I would look at these cards from the sixties and think, "Wow, those are so old." I'd never seen pre-war at that point. Right. Even even the small Parker's hockey sets from the early fifties. But you'd look back even fifteen years ago, you think, "Wow, those are." ancient and here i am as like a you know teenager in the 80s nowadays that's only 2000 that's as long ago as 2005 exactly we're talking about 30 years ago with these 90 sets so 30 years ago in 1990 yeah that was 1960 i mean you know you're talking like when i was when i was a kid it's like you're talking uh, on baseball is my frame of reference but yeah sandy koufax mickey mantle i'm right. like these are like ancient legends but but that's how the, that's how these kids i guess look at yarmar yager and martin brodeur today yeah, and Ken Griffey Jr. and Derek Jr. Jr. Yeah, I mean these guys are long done playing, and they're they're still very important in in, in the hobby and in culture. So it, it makes it makes sense, but it it is it just what it really puts in perspective, Scott, is how old we are, <laughs> exactly. and how old how old we're getting. Right, time comes for us all. But actually, Yager is he still playing somewhere? Please tell me he, he's he is he's playing in the Czech Republic, but he plays he's playing because he owns the team he plays for, and apparently. What I heard is that if he were to retire, no one would go watch that team play because he's such a legend. 49 so, years old. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's playing for business purposes, I think. Not, not because uh, for the love of the game anymore, I don't think. But, uh, boy, that, that's a guy that um, he, he's, a, he's just a real – he's a legend. He's a true legend. Second all-time leading scorer in, in, in hockey history. So where do, you, where, where do you put him? I know he's, he's – is he, is he top 10 all-time? In your opinion, or is that, it's is that tough with him, right? It's tough with him because there's so many players that you name before him. Um, is he top 10 of all time? 20, 25, top 25? Yeah, I'd say he's got to be top 25. That, that I think would be, I'd be very comfortable saying that. Top 10, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, how far back are we going to, right? I mean, it's right. I mean, Gordy Howe's or the Ted Lindsay's of the world, you know. Uh, yeah. 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 Gordy Howe's, the Bobby Hall's, Bobby Orr's, Rod Gilbert's. Rod Lafleur yeah. played forever too. Yeah, yeah. And then you got well, guys here, like here you know. Go. Here's a comment. Hockey guy says the top ten forwards. Yeah, I mean if you're taking out some goaltenders and defensemen, you're not including Bobby Orr. Right. Is he still in the top ten fourth? Right. I mean, it was just crazy to think they were even questioning it because he is the second all-time leading scorer behind only Wayne Gretzky. He's ahead of Gordy Howe. Because so so these guys play for just compile. You know, if you play forever, you're just gonna. But but someone like Mike Gartner even. It's like yeah. no, no one talks about Mike Garner. No. This guy, this guy was in one of the top scorers of all time as well. Yeah, he had the most well, thirty scores. goal seasons uh, of all time. The most consecutive goal thirty goal seasons of all time. He's there was a trivia question I used to ask. This goes back to I used to ask this in the late eighties, but the or the late nineties. Sorry, but the question was 
of all the thousand point men in NHL history, how many have, and there's, there are four, sorry, not how many, but who are the ones that have more goals than assists? Now this is probably, the answer's probably changed since I knew the answer to this, but there were four back at the time, four of them. So, I mean, if I, I don't know, you want to take a shot at it. It's, can I even remember? <laughs> yeah. Can I ever, it was more Mike goals Gart- than assists, more goal, thousand point men, more goals than assists. It was, it was Mike Gartner, Mike Bossy, Bobby Hull, and I can't even remember. It's Brett Hull is now one of them. Brett, as Brett well. Hull. Brett Hull. Brett Hull's in there now as well. I think I think Keith Kachuk might be in there at this point in time. Really? Yeah, because then the, Ovechkin. Of Ovi's in there. <clears throat> Ovi would Ovi would be in there. Yeah. So I mean, again, this was old, but it was something that I used to like to think about. It, I just thought of it here. We've yeah, Cicerelli. That was the other one. Overtime grading Cicerelli. Dino Cicerelli. Mike Bossy says Luigi for sure. Dino Cicerelli, jeez. Jagger put up yeah. insane numbers even on bad teams. And But the thing about Jagger is it's not like he's missing championships. You know, Marcel Dion is the fourth all-time, third or fourth all-time leading scorer in, in NHL history. He was number two until, I guess, Jagger took it. And he never won a championship. Jagger's won a championship. Right. Or three. So Ron, Ron Francis, he, he's he's a fifth. He's, he's actually now fifth career, I think. Ron Francis, also uh, a guy who doesn't get the... You know, the, he, the, he's got a bit of a cult following, but you're right. He, he, cause a lot of people like those old Hartford whalers colors, which uh, yeah, yeah. count me among them, but he's the champ, he's the champ of the auger back to back. Yeah. Troy says all four players were puck hogs. Oh yeah. Puck hogs, but that's what they were paid to do. Right. They were known as scoring goal. They were the ones who were there to score goals. Stamkos has more goals and assists, but he's not a thousand point man yet. Is he, or is he, he might be by now. I'm not Stamkos, even sure. I don't think so. Not yet. So, uh, so Scott, another another uh, thing that's kind of cool about you is that you have a you have a card. I mean, it came up earlier a little bit, but you have a card in Tops Allen and Ginter, uh, 2018 Allen and Ginter. Let me guess, you're going to grab I can, I can one. Pull it up right here. Here we go. This is my. Uh, well, this is yeah. Here we go. Right, that's pretty cool. So this is this is the 20, 2018 Ginter set. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Jeremy, this show started at seven o'clock my time tonight at seven o'clock. I was watching a, a box on eBay, 2018 Ginter. I just won it for three fifty five. So I just bought my own box for three hundred fifty five dollars. And why is it so expensive? Is that because 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 are you wait, are you the second? Because I'm in there because I'm in there. You're in there. Yeah. So you're the second best rookie behind some guy named Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Right? Shohei Otani and me. There's also the cryptocurrency card, which. People, you know, go crazy for now. Uh, is that the is that the year of the egg card as well? I think it might be the egg. I have to look that up. The egg, the egg, egg the egg had some twenty nineteen. I don't know if you were aware. Uh, okay, that's the next year then. But the egg card had a lot of traction in the hobby a few months ago. It really did. Yeah, don't, don't quite know why. It was a clubhouse thing, I think. These so, these memes, meme cards. So Scott. I mean, it's it is super cool that you got a card in uh, in Tops Allen and Ginter. Tell us a bit about that. I mean, what did that mean to you? Well, it meant everything. I mean, of all of all the uh, you know of, of all the awards you can win or you know, people you can meet. I mean, I met Joe Biden at the Super Bowl because HQ brought me there. I I met Roger Goodell. Speaking of him earlier, but uh, having my own card, you know, collecting cards like the way I did fanatically, and now having my own in a set. I mean, it's that's all I wanted. I wanted to be, you know, I played baseball growing up. I wanted to be drafted. I didn't care where. I just wanted to go the 49th round 
by the Expos. I, I, I didn't care who signed me or drafted me. All I wanted was that minor league card. I knew it wasn't going to get it to the major leagues. But I wanted that team set card, you know, Vermont Expos or the Jamestown Jammers, some rookie league team card because I just wanted a card. Didn't, didn't make it as an athlete, but I got into the set, and it was the proudest day of my life. I mean, I went to the top's office. I made me sign a 1,000 of these things to put in the set. I mean, that how was – how long did that oh, take? Man, my, my hand was cramping up big time. It took a, a, a good hour probably to get through everything. Um, and then the, the red ink, the red pen for the, you know, the limited out of 2025, or there's a one of one I signed, you know, all these, all these variations. But uh, between that and the being in the celebrity softball game, ESPN celebrity softball game for the All-Stars in 2018 and 2019, going back to back years, those are two of the coolest things that's ever happened to me because of all this. That is, that's, that is super cool, man! Congratulations. I mean, to have a to have a pack pulled card. Of, of the, no wonder I, you bought I, that box. Yeah, I bought the box. We're gonna do that on wild cards. We're gonna we're gonna break that box on wild cards to see if we can pull me out of there and Otani. <laughs> How many points if you pull the Scott Rogowski? Oh, I'll come to your house and cook you dinner. <laughs> I mean, it's a million points. Jeter's million points. Four, Jeter's fifty points. The yeah. Scott Rogowski's a million yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Right on. Cool, man. Anything else you want to chat about while we're while we're here before we wrap up? I know it's late over there and it's time for dinner here. So, Jeremy, I'm good to go if you are. But I appreciate the the, the time here. You got a great show, and I love the collectible shirt you're rocking there. I'm rocking it, man. I'm doing, I got <laughs> I got collectible live tomorrow night. There if anybody go. wants to come check that out, seven o'clock Eastern <laughs> tomorrow night, collectible live. Looking forward to doing it. We have uh, that's the old price is uh, that's the the Instagram handle. That's the old price will be my guest. His name is Rob Servideo. He is known as the Mahomes guy. He's got an amazing collector. We're going to talk about cards and uh, collecting and investing in them. So check that out tomorrow night on the collectible YouTube channel, seven o'clock Eastern. Troy says you can sign your own card for an for an on card auto one of one. You can sign a one of one. That's right. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay, Scott, man. Thanks. Thanks for joining. This was fun. I appreciate having you. Super fun. Thanks for having me. You bet. Everybody else, that's it. Another early end to Sports Cards Live two weeks in a row. We, If you missed the early show, it was earlier on. You can see it on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Back next week. Stay tuned to the channel and we will see you tomorrow on Collectibles on YouTube.com slash Collectible app. Check it out. I'll be going live 7 p.m. Eastern, as I just mentioned. Thanks for joining. Have a great week ahead, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.